Welcome to Guide Me with a Chainsaw, a horror podcast about 80s slashers. I'm Corey. And I'm Sarah. And we love scary movies. We do. And we love Instagram. We do. <laughs> and we love hot guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course. Everyone knows this that listens to our show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special guest today, Tom Virtuoso, who runs the Instagram account Beefcakes of Horror. Excellent well- content. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your account? Yeah. So three years ago, basically, I started really the pandemic hit, and I was just sitting at home like, watching crappy movies on you know my laptop and i was like i was so i should just say i put it out i was watching that movie don't go in the woods i don't know if you guys have seen that one we haven't covered that one yet no okay it's horrible but it's kind of like a rite of passage it's kind of like from that early 80s um slasher period but the acting is like horrid obnoxious and the most attractive guy in the entire movie is like the worst actor in the entire movie (laughs) and as soon as he starts talking it's the worst like you can't believe anything's coming out of his mouth but I was just watching them like, oh, he's actually kind of hot. I'm like, why isn't, like, there's never any Instagram accounts that, like, just focus on guys. Like, usually, and it could just be because I I, you know, I was just starting on Instagram and, and all the stuff that was coming up wasn't horror-related. But anything horror-related was mostly, like, Scream and, like, Sydney Prescott. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if I have to see one more Sydney Prescott <laughs> for this genre. <laughs> so I just started kind of, like taking notes and i'm like i'll just you know take some screen caps and just throw them up on there so like all the early stuff is maybe like one or two pictures there's like no dissertation or anything on like the movies and stuff and it like it's gotten to the point now where like i kind of review every movie i'm talking and i try to review it as like the plot from the point of view of the person that i'm like focusing on even though they really probably most sometimes they have nothing they're not like the major (laughs) character at all the movie i just kind of like write it as if they're like that um so yeah i've just been doing that for kind of like three years now and i'm not even like i'm clearly like not in it to win it at all i just kind of like post it on there and just leave it up and then like i i come in once in a while and notice like my numbers keep like fluctuating like i'm like i don't know who these people are they're <laughs> Halloween or not so i'll get like two comments and then like 50 likes or something and then but i'll have like i'm like who are these like two thousand people and i just happen to be looking at it <laughs> yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of weird because i don't really i'm not expecting a response to like anything i put on there you know like i don't It'd be nice if there was like a conversation going, but like, how much can you really talk about like how hot the guy? And, like, no one's <laughs> seen the movie. Like, what are they going to say to me about it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we get a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun because I feel like a lot of, especially like eighty slashers, the focus is on like the babes, mm-hmm. and like we like the babes too. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. They're wearing some little shorts and some tight yeah. jeans. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was wondering if you had um, any standout beefcakes. Ooh. I know there's a lot. Yeah. Um, for like me personally, or yeah, for like what are the most popular ones? Okay, so... Oh, well, maybe both. Okay, so... The most popular ones are always, like, the most obvious ones. Like, I think, like, the most popular one in, like, last three years has been Billy from um, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Like, everyone was pretty much knows who that is. So, like, I, that kind of got, like, the most amount of responses. I mean, that could um, have been a lot of different people. These guys are always named Billy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was actually surprised by how popular that one was. Because I was, like, did, I, I didn't think that's like that many younger people would actually watch and remember 
um, <laughs> that one. But my like my personal favorites like were like some of the most obscure crap. Like no one's gonna watch. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is like my favorite. So it was like so this guy from um, Ghost Keeper. Like it's like early like 1983 Canadian like supernatural horror movie that it got like no responses because like no one remembers. <laughs> Um, or like the guy from The Guardian, I thought he was always cute. Um, like his name is not going to my head right now, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I should have really prepared for that. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, I'm like, because there's so many on my account right now. Like, I've already yeah. got a point where I had to make like a word doc to keep track of the ones I've already covered, just to make sure it didn't waste my time. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like off the top of my head if I could be like, oh, this is my hottest guy well you had a very strong reaction i know to... and i was just gonna say i do think that billy from silent night deadly night is like so cute when they are like the pan up and they're like well billy's a man now and <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know and we're all like Woo! like that's a wolf whistle moment for sure but like i did have a very strong reaction to the driller killer <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah so he's like next on my list to cover i just um i think that was a week ago i listened to the you're talking and i was like i believe i haven't covered this yet because i think joe bob griggs did like one one night they did it and they ended up doing like a really quick these are all the guys from that movie but like in retrospect to look back on it and like none of like the regular cast members were actually like that great i'm mm-hmm. like so i'm like why haven't i just done the drill killer instead of just doing all these three guys yeah I, I could pull that one up pretty quickly now <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, out of the franchises, like overall, who do you think had the most beef? Mm. Probably, probably Friday the 13th, because I've done all those mm-hmm. random beef segments where I just cover everybody in the movie. Because they basically <laughs> be like, I could cover, I could do a post for like almost everybody in this franchise and still, like, you know, I think it would be interesting. Yeah. But the only one I think they're like really. It's it's so weird because like in the early two thousands, like late two thousands, there's these random movies that are just about like hot guys being terrible in like horror movies, mm-hmm. and like those ones clearly have like the entire cast is like intentionally um, super hot actors being in the movie. Like they, there's a movie called uh, The Covenant. I don't think I've seen that one. It's not a good movie, but like every single guy in the movie is like intentionally shirtless, like at all times. <laughs> so that's like a, like an easy go to for anyone. Um, so like that's like the like the only like two posts that I've ever done where I like took clips from the movie and use it as like one of the pictures because I'm like there's like an entire shower scene I'm like why is this even in here I'm, like how much how much can I crop this where it's not going to get like pulled down <laughs> that's good though we get a lot of shower scenes that are all women so yeah. it's even it out true yeah I mean if you look back even on Friday 13 anytime there was a scene that has two people in it the only time they really focused on the guy was in like part nine because, like, everyone talks about that one guy in part nine, like, seeing him nude. But it usually is, like, we have to get, like, the full shot of, like, a girl doing anything. Or, like, you know, a shot of the girl in the water or something. So it's never... We kind of get these inklings that there's these really attractive guys in these movies. But the, the camera never, like, lingers on them. Yeah. And sometimes you can tell that the people filming it do not care about the guys at all. Because there'll be, like, no good camera angles of the guy. But, like, like every conversation is, like, this great setup for, like, you know, the girl on the scene. So... Yeah, that's why I like what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> we needed this as a community, yeah. I think. Yeah, so it sounds like core is probably your favorite genre. Like, how has that always been your favorite? How'd you get into it? Oh, yeah. So, all my life. So, I remember I was six years old when 
Um, I saw Children of the Corn for the first time. It was on HBO. And I remember clearly when that came out because it was, it was so scary. But then the next time they showed it on HBO, um, it was the debut of an Ever Elm Street, like right after that. So I'm like, oh, I got to watch this too because it's super scary. And I remember I'm watching it and like my mom's in the other room with like um, friends of the family were over and they're like, I remember they came in and they were like, what are you watching? I'm like six years old. Like I can really rationalize my excuse for wanting to watch it. <laughs> but it just became like this thing because like when you have HBO as a kid, you kind of like try to get away with as much art yeah. as watching as possible. So it was kind of like that rush of trying to sneak in either that late night movie or like you get up at like five o'clock in the morning because you know they're going to show it like in the middle of the night when my, you know, my parents weren't up awake. So we would get up like super early just to watch it. But um, it was like those movies. But like back then when you were a kid, like in the 80s you, you could only see it if it was like on hbo or if it yeah. was on like video cassette yeah so if you had friends that had like older siblings you'd hope that they would like copy the tape or they would tape it off the tv and then you can go and watch it and stuff so um it was always like trying to score somebody else's movies to try to watch them um but i've just always been watching like ever since i was a kid and it's kind of like predominantly what i watch now which mm -hmm. is weird because like as an adult like Nothing's like scary anymore, which is funny listening mm -hmm. to people like review horror movies because they're like, oh, well, it's not scary. But I'm like, well, you're, you know, if you're like 55 years old, how much, <laughs> right? how, how scary could it really be? Because <laughs> about colon cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's because people are like, you know, as kids, you're not supposed to watch this movie. But if you think back, like watching them as a kid, it was really, truly the most scary as yeah. a kid because you didn't really understand the nuances of all these adult situations. So watching it now as an adult, it's like, it's rare, but like sometimes I'll find one. I'm like, okay, that was creepy. It kind of got to me. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I mean, we've seen these tropes all before. So it's just yeah. fun to kind of watch them. Yeah. And the ones they watch the most are the ones that are kind of like, they have like humor to them. So that's why like Killer Party is one of my favorite ones of all time because it's so like, you know, like movies like Hello, Mirror, Loop, Prom Night 2. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. like the first one's a straightforward slasher. But the second one, it's clearly the people who wrote it were just poking fun at the genre. So it's easier to watch a movie if it's got like a little bit of humor to it, mm -hmm. like more than once. Um, so those are the kind of ones I, nowadays I watch more. But I'm always looking for recommendation for something that might be scary, I guess. Not, <laughs> yeah. you know, I might be creeped out, but I'm curious to see what other people think. Nice. Do you remember the last thing that did scare you? Uh, let's see. So... I can say what creeped me out. I can't really say mm -hmm. what scared me, but so I, okay, no one's going to agree with me on this and I totally get it, but I just saw that Skinnamarink movie and I thought it was actually kind of creepy. Um, I got um, scared. <laughs> did you, okay. Yeah. It, it, to me, it reminded me of like what it was like as a kid yep. to be scared, like of the dark, mm -hmm. but I had also seen it before all the hype and I already knew that it wasn't really a movie. It was just kind of like this vibe. It was a vibe. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't, I don't think I looked at it the way like a lot of people looked at it when they saw it. So I totally get why people hate it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but that kind of creeped me out. It made um, my stomach hurt a little bit. Like, yeah. And I wasn't yeah. like, oh, like, oh, Skidam Ring's going to get me or whatever. Yeah. But it did make me feel like it gave me that like pity feeling in my stomach. Yeah. yeah, and I then there was that, that one whole... scare that did really get me, and I was like, <laughs> I don't want to see that again. <laughs> was it the bedroom scare? No, it was um, the. I, the phone? Oh, yeah. Right. 
<laughs> yeah no that was fun but for me like things that are creepy are like those home invasion movies because mm -hmm. like now that i'm a doll like the more the more realistic it is like the more it creeps me out so like mm -hmm. um i remember when there's this french film called um them which um the strangers is kind of like a ripoff of that movie mm -hmm. but that one kind of freaked me out i've only seen it once so if i guess if i watched it again maybe it would get me but like that kind of creeped me out but it's like where you can't it's realistic settings like real people can like they have power over you where you can't do anything to stop what yeah. they're doing kind of yeah. thing. And if it has anything to do with like kids or teenagers, it makes it even more difficult because you can't trust any adults anyway. Yeah. Who are probably going to side with them when they don't know what's happening. So that's The home invasion ones get me too. Because mm -hmm. same, it's like, that's a real fear for a grown human to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not worried about vampires. That's, those yeah. are like all kind of like, I'll, I know it's coming. I'm like, I can't, I can't sit there because it's like start fast forwarding. I already know what's going to happen. I'm like, I don't want to be the talk and all the build up to get. To it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, you mentioned Killer Party, and that oh, yeah, is. Sorry, I kind of spoiled. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> They'll know. It's in the title that'll come up on the on the okay. episode. <laughs> Uh, every episode, we pick a movie from the letterboxed list, every 80s slasher, an attempt by John Hillman, and our movie this episode is Killer Party from 1986. Yeah, we picked this movie because we wanted to do one of the April Fool's movies. We got options, and I think I had watched them all uh, a couple years ago, and this one was my favorite, and I remembered that you were a big fan of this one as well, so we asked you on. We're festive. <laughs> We've done a, a row now of uh, holiday movies. Yeah, we did X-ray for Valentine's Day. We did um, the Fantasist, the Fantasist for St. Patrick's Day, and now we're stuck until <laughs> I don't even know what holiday we could possibly. There's Fourth not of a July. lot. Of, there's not a lot of Easter. No um, slashers. I don't think. And I think there's some room there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look hard enough on the internet, I think there's like some fan made Easter ones, but I don't know how good they could possibly <laughs> yeah. be. Hanging Heart had that big crucifix. Um, that'll work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Killer Party 1986. Mm -hmm. um, this movie was directed by William Fruitt, he also directed The House by the Lake. 10 episodes of Friday the 13th, the series, a handful of episodes for the War of the Worlds TV series. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. It no. scared me so bad when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know. I remember see, catching a couple little peaks of some episodes and being like, no. But I was really afraid of alien abduction. It was very close to rapturing. Mm -hmm. And that was my other big fear. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Yeah, very scary. Um, and he directed one episode of My Secret Identity, which was a show that I felt like I had made up because nobody else <laughs> ever knew what I was talking about when I would bring it up. But like now people remember it. One with Jerry O'Connell. I didn't see it. I don't oh, think. Do you remember that one, Tom? I remember, but I never watched it. Oh, I would watch it all early in the morning. He had um, secret superpowers. Like he could run super fast. And it was always like, Will he do the right thing and not exploit his powers to <laughs> win the track meet? Or will he do it? And I was like, do it. And then he never did. <laughs> uh, he has some other credits too, but those are the high points. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Joanna Johnson as Jennifer. Her acting credits 
aren't varied, but she did appear in over 800 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful, so her bills were paid. Nice. (laughs) She's also been a producer since the late 90s, starting with Very Bad Things, Mm. a very mean-spirited movie that I loved in 1998. Uh, Elaine Wilkes as Phoebe. Uh, She looks so familiar to me, and her credits are pretty inconsequential, but there is one very iconic performance. She played Tracy in 16 Candles, the drunk friend in the fur coat at the party at Jake Ryan's house who cuts Carolyn's hair when it gets caught in the door. Hmm. I was like, I knew I knew this face. (laughs) This scene kills me every time. Oh, I know. I love it. And Carolyn is always so grateful. She's like, you're such a good friend. And nobody just opens the door. (laughs) Uh, We also have Sherry Willis-Birch as Vivia. She was literally in one other movie that we're probably watching, a slasher called Final Exam. Oh, I've seen that movie. Yep, We'll get there eventually. That's a a good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ralph Seymour as Martin. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was Francis's accomplice in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He's in Rain Man and The Relic. Uh, Not too shabby. Hmm. The Relic is fun. It's like a 90s creature feature. And then last but not least, we have Martin Hewitt as Blake. Before Killer Party, he was in a movie with Brooke Shields and James Spader called Endless Love. And he was in something called Yellowbeard that had uh, like the Monty Python guys, Cheech and Chong, uh, some of the Mel Brooks players. Yeah, I saw that. What is that? <laughs> uh, it has Peter Cook and James Mason. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> um, after Killer Party, uh, he did a lot of erotic acting. Oh. In the early 90s. I love that for him. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a Zalman King joint called Two Moon Junction and a lot of straight to video stuff called uh, like Carnal Crimes and Secret Games. Uh, also, the kind of thing that I was like, you had to catch on HBO very late <laughs> at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, none of these movies have James Mason or Madeline Kahn in them. Though. <laughs> I don't think. I didn't click through on the IMDb <laughs> on Secret Games. That would be shocking. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Killer Party originally had the title of the April Fool's. But the distributors feared it could be confused with April Fool's Day, which was also released about the same time. Mm -hmm. And maybe they should have just gone with it because they needed all the help they could get. Supposedly, this movie only made about $900. Wow. $900 doesn't even cover the streamer budget for the killer party. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um. So this is the first time I had seen this movie. Corey, you've seen this one before. I had seen it once, yeah. And Tom, you have seen this one before too. Oh um, yeah, numerous. Numerous times. Numerous, yeah. <laughs> I like to show it for, if I ever have like movie nights with a new group of people, it's always a good one to show because it, it, there's it, you can't predict anything that's going to happen in this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> it kind of throws people off. But. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I have to lead us up to get us there. If anybody else has anything they want to say before we jump into our synopsis, now's the time to say it. (laughs) No, I'm ready to talk about it. All right, Cor. Okay, so we get our title right away in yellow, cranking up from the bottom of the screen. When it's fully in view, a guillotine drops, and so does our now blood red title. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like sliced it. Mm -hmm. 
I like that it's a theme that gets carried through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think it would be, but it's actually in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so our movie opens up in a misty graveyard. Inside. Oh, Ooh, that would be a great name. Misty Graveyard? Misty Graveyard? (laughs) Inside a large, mostly empty church, a priest is conducting a funeral for four people gathered around a coffin. The priest ends his eulogy with some wise words from the Wizard of Oz. I love this guy. He's a friend of Jesus and Judy. (laughs) Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in the movie for sure. Uh, After this, he like starts to leave and they just stay there and he's like... Yeah. It's it. That's it. Two of the people he int- like they introduce all the other people in the room. He does, uh-huh. and like my two my two favorites are the sister because she looks at him the exact same way I did when he gave off that Wizard of Oz line. And <laughs> for like the old guy who's crying, calls him an imbecile after it. <laughs> <laughs> so as the Moiners are leaving, he's going try to have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, the daughter-in-law of the deceased woman, asks to go back inside the church and say a solo goodbye. Alone with her dead mother-in-law, she hisses at her, I hope you rot in hell, you old witch. Suddenly, the lid opens and an arm reaches out and yanks Stephanie towards the coffin. She struggles and screams, but to no avail. Into the coffin she goes, minus one shoe. (laughs) She's going to hell with one shoe on. (laughs) The lid slams shut and it begins to lower into the floor of the church. In the basement crematorium, (laughs) the cemetery workers are rocking out on their headphones so they don't hear Stephanie's cries. This also keeps them from seeing that the coffin is moving around a lot for a box that's supposed to only have one dead body in it. Um, You know what they say, if this coffin's a shaken, get to bacon. (laughs) The workers do. They slide the coffin from the lift into a crematorium chamber. And I just love this efficient system they have. (laughs) Work smarter, not harder. (laughs) Well, I love when they just shove it in there. Like, they don't care. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So a quick trivia thing. So this church is in Toronto and they actually use, so it looks the exact same way I just went there a few years ago, but they actually filmed the graveyard scene from prom night at the exact same graveyard, which is weird because like that crematorium is actually there. Because if you go around the back, there's like a lower level where they have like all the coffins like on gurney, which I thought was weird because the day I was there, there was just like a random gurney sitting out there. I'm like, okay, well that was clearly the whole budget went to using one location for the entire scene. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. The basement crematorium is real? I know. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) So you're just sitting in church while, like, down below, they're... Well, it's a church for the cemetery? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, so when you... There's, like, a side street. When you come into the... When you first come in, there's some graves in the front, but then it goes right to the church. The church is, like, in the center of the graveyard. It's actually really beautiful. It's, like, this huge, like, really old cemetery, but... It's just like the heart of this cemetery is like this giant church. Hmm. Wow. Pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Stephanie screams as the flames explode around her. Psych! Psych, psych, psych! <laughs> this is the movie on the screen at a drive-in where a girl with crimped hair named April is distractedly getting felt up by her date. She abruptly decides she wants popcorn and skips away in her little gold boots. (laughs) The concession stand is eerily empty inside, with the only sound coming from a malfunctioning cash register. After nobody answers her repeated calls for customer service, April truly lives the dream when she just reaches into the popcorn hopper and serves herself. I would love to do this. I know. You love popcorn. I do. (laughs) 
Snack secured, April skips on back to her date. When she returns, she finds the car empty. But she doesn't care that much that her date is gone. (laughs) So she just kicks the fuck back to watch a movie and eat some popcorn. While she's busy L-I-V-I-N, she doesn't notice that her date has returned as a bloodthirsty ghoul. He lunges for her, she screams, and suddenly... We're back in the concession stand with an <laughs> 80s rock band as they play and preen for their music video that we are watching double psych. <laughs> this is still not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but not even M. Night Shyamalan has ever gotten me twice in a row like this. Yeah, this is like, I feel like this is these, this double twist is like what stands out about the movie the most, maybe. It's, it's a big so intro. weird because there's so many of these things that the writers were like, this is going to be an April Fool's joke. And this is like the most out of nowhere <laughs> thing they could possibly write into a movie is an April Fool's joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that this band is also festive because this is for a song that goes, April, why do you play the fool? April, you're no you're no fool <laughs> now, now did pers- you research the band what happened did you do any research on this band a little bit <laughs> okay so i love this band they're so their album is actually not that bad i totally looked it up they're <laughs> called white sister i said white what, sister. what? <laughs> but so people probably don't i mean if you're american probably, no one probably knows them but like their biggest song is probably dancing at midnight which is in at least four other horror movies and it's on the soundtrack for Halloween 5. So yes. it's like the most popular place you can see. But I've heard it in so many movies. I'm like, what? They must have gotten so much money just for like, <laughs> good for them. <laughs> good for them, honestly. Yeah, I like the song too, Sarah. I yeah. think that it is, it's not breaking any new ground here. <laughs> no. It's catchy. Because they're like the Canadian Night Ranger. Yeah. No one remembers. But... Yeah. Jason and I were like trying to be like, what is this band? Like they kind of sound like Journey. They kind of yeah. <laughs> sound like just like a lot of bands from this time. And they also are have that thing of where, and like this was kind of, well, you see it in indie rock too, where the guys are like medium ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the lead singer is like medium ugly. And I was like, yeah. well, I mean, still good for you. Get out there. Get your bag. <laughs> He's got there's like a lot of hair, but he didn't do anything with his hair. It's no. <laughs> we see a lot of random rock bands for this show. And I gotta say, these guys are not touching the sick fucks or our girls <laughs> yeah. from Slumber Party Massacre too. Yeah, yeah, those ones are way better. <laughs> yeah, those are tough acts to follow. But I, seriously. I did like the song. I was listening to it on the way over here. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> to get pumped. <laughs> <laughs> The video continues. April runs through the drive-in as all the other patrons burst from their cars as zombies, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't tell if they were in makeup or if they, well, if she's coming towards the building, they're in makeup. But then when they leave after the video, they're not. I'm like, are these just the crew members? Like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, things get weird. (laughs) It was like they saw the thriller and were like, we got to do this. 
Yeah, I yeah. do like how they're doing the choreography. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they do some light choreography with the band and the concession stand. And like the zombies are doing choreography and April's confused, which is usually what happens when yeah. the zombies do choreography is the girl is confused. Well, I love that her boyfriend's doing some weird car driving motion. Yeah. And she's like, why is this happening? <laughs> but, so this is okay. So just to go back a few minutes, like she says his name before she goes in there. His name is Stash. Yeah, which I've never heard that name before. So I looked stash? it up. Apparently, the word "stash" is like everything is not like fish scraps. Like anything they don't like the fish. The, the, the industry doesn't use like when it comes to fish. They just throw that stuff out and they call it stash. I'm like, why? <laughs> who thought they would be like a good name for a character? <laughs> <laughs> they should have named him Misty Graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, April's running through the drive-in, the, everybody else is a zombie, light choreography, and then she just skips back out to all the cars, all the other patrons return, and now they're normal. Then they all gather at the foreground and yell, gotcha, what? (laughs) Got us. I mean, they they did. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know you people. (laughs) This video is an April Fool's joke, I guess. So it gets played once a year. <laughs> I'm confused about what's happening here. Uh, White Sister also has a song on the Fright Night soundtrack. Cool. Yeah. You like that one, Cor. I love Everybody Fright loves Night. Fright Night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about <laughs> hot guys. So the guitar guy that was wearing like the ascot. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the entire video scene is the guy is singing and he's behind him like before he does like the whole sliding across the floor on the, the random mirror that they put over the tiles he totally trips on his um, cable for the guitar and then, like <laughs> just breaks character and like kicks it behind the singer and then just keeps going and you're like and every time i watch this scene i have to watch him do it it must have happened so many times that finally they were like just keep going <laughs> <laughs> so we get another fake out, and then we realize we're watching the video, and so is college student Phoebe. She's intently watching the video, and then her mom yells at her that her friend Jennifer has arrived. Um, so I'm like, is this the movie now? Is this the movie now? <laughs> yeah. The girls talk about their decision to pledge a sorority at their university, Briggs College. Jennifer isn't sure about it, but Phoebe is in. Sigma Alpha Phi is the wet dream of college. Mm-hmm. And she tells her mom. <laughs> and her mom's like, cool. <laughs> Phoebe and Jennifer link up with their absolutely adorable friend, Vivia. And they take a Laverne and Shirley-esque bike ride to the campus. Um, they look like the Chipettes all together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're very cute. They're such a cute trio. I love them. I love that you said that because I totally wrote that down. Like, who's going to get that reference? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can tell which one is which. Yep. I, I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jennifer again expresses reservations about continuing on with the pledge process, but the sorority sisters gather her and she decides to stay. Speaking of sorority girls, at the Sigma Alpha Pi house, the activity of the day is nude hot tubbing. I've always, like, wondered what's the point of being in a fraternity or sorority, but, like, I'm starting to get it now. <laughs> <laughs> they chat about the upcoming Hell Night activities, and the sorority's house mother, Mrs. Henshaw, urges the sisters not to hold their initiation rituals at Pratt House, an abandoned fraternity nearby. But they're not convinced. As the girls continued to steam their clams, a delivery truck <laughs> rolls up and a driver jumps out. Supposedly, he's delivering a case of champagne, 
but actually the girls are going to be very surprised when a bunch of beta towel frat boys jump out of the van and throw a big jar of bees over the fence <laughs> and into the girls' backyard oasis. Okay, now I have to ask, did you guys hear the conversation the girls were having when the bee eyes were like going behind the fence? I do, but I can't. I did, but I can't remember what they were talking about. Okay, so I completely wrote this down because yes. it's so random. <laughs> so they're trying. They're, the whole point of the conversation is they're talking about the house mother leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. The one girl says, "I think she's going to New York for sex and drugs." And then <laughs> the really dumb one is like, "Your brains are where you sit." And then she says, "That's why I only date assholes." I'm like, "Who?" <laughs> it's like this random dialogue. Oh, I thought she said, things. "That's why I only date ass guys." <laughs> That's not that actually makes you reply. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Mrs. Henshaw did go for drugs and sex and rock and roll. Yeah, but she's having a bad time right now. She falls into the hot tub. The naked girls scatter wildly, and the boys film the chaos with an ancient looking camera. So fun. <laughs> this scene is wild. There's one guy on top of the van recording, and he's just like too excited. He throws himself off almost. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then there's the scene where they're like, they, they're so mad. They keep running out and dropping their towel on X. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm like, going to call the police with like both hands, let go of her towel at once. None of these guys can manage to like stay upright because like the no. two guys that threw the bees like fell on top of each other. And then the one girl like hits him in the face with a towel. And clearly he got it in the eye. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Henshaw quickly recovers from the prank. and <laughs> She's like dry again. Yeah. And she goes to Pratt House. In an overgrown garden outside, she visits the tombstone of a man named Alan. She implores Alan to leave the students alone should they enter the house for their goat night. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So I did a little research, and it said that goats have been associated with sororities and the hazing process from as far back as the 1870s. Okay. What do goats do? Goats go to college? (laughs) It's like the new pledges are, are goats, and like all the hazing is like goating. I don't know. Uh, it's not getting any clearer to me. <laughs> it's just the whole excuse to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so she pleads with him to forget what happened, insisting it was an accident. Alan is pretty silent on the matter. Yeah. <laughs> she tells him that she's going to check out the house. The house is a classically spooky uh, old house with lots of good horror cobwebs. Although the whole house is falling apart, Miss Henshaw decides it's vitally important to fix a loose banister rail. As she hammers, someone else enters the room behind her. Startled, Mrs. Henshaw asks, what are you doing here? In response, she's bludgeoned to death the large hazing paddle by an unseen assailant. She definitely says, what are you doing here? Like she knows the person. Yeah, very Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Clue one. Maybe. This is another (laughs) prank. Well, it's so weird because it's like the first indication of like, there's not going to be any gore, but at the same time, she had nails in her mouth before it happened, so it kind of is sort of effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, if you, I guess because we cut away so fast, like, you really, nothing, you, there's no indication of what's going to happen. You just kind of know because you can hear it, her screaming, but they cut away to, like, not yeah. out of the house. Yeah. <sighs> Let us see it. <laughs> <laughs> Back at campus, there's a quick shot of someone's dirty sneakers, and we get a POV by their owner as he hides in some bushes watching our chipettes. <laughs> but no time for that. We have other business. The girls are voluntarily doing this thing where they let their peers verbally and physically abuse them just to be allowed to be friends. 
The girl in charge of initiation for Alpha Sigma Pi is giving Parker Posey a run for her money. <laughs> uh, hazing headmistress Veronica doesn't want Vivia to wear her glasses because it looks bad for the house or something, but if looking so cute is what she's going for, this call constitutes yeah. a dereliction of duty because <laughs> Vivia looks great in those round Harry Potter-ass glasses. You know what? Those aren't even Harry Potter glasses anymore. Those are Vivia glasses <laughs> from here on out. I know. I thought she looked better with them. Oh, she's so yeah. cute. <laughs> Anyways, when Vivia says she needs her glasses to see, headmistress tells her to bend over and look at her ankles. I'm thinking, whoa, cavity surge. <laughs> like, this is such a thorough interview process. They really check everything. Headmistress grabs a paddle instead, and you think, okay, let's do this. Wrong. Nobody spanks Vivia. Instead, the girls are dared to steal shirts from the Beta Tau fraternity. Such a tease right there. I was like, <laughs> spanker. <laughs> After being kicked out of class for doing as their hazing headmistress instructed and only answering questions with, I prefer a big fat cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> Their uh, professor, Cor. Yeah, it's Paul Bartel, who we've seen from Chopping Mall, and he's also in like Eating Raul. Yeah, he plays, what did you say? A good fuddy duddy? A good fuddy duddy. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so they prefer a big fat cucumber. He's like, ugh, not this again. <laughs> and the, they get kicked out. Vivia, Jennifer, and Phoebe break into fraternity Beta Tau to complete their hazing ritual. Again, this is under the watchful eye of the guy hiding behind the landscaping. Inside, Jennifer is very hesitant about this whole thing, but Phoebe and Vivia won't rest until they've checked under every Jim Morrison poster and found the shirts. Left alone, Jennifer is accosted by a guy wearing a creature from the Black Lagoon mask. He whips it off, and it's okay. It's not a monster. It's only frat brother Blake. Thinking quickly, Jennifer says they were supposed to leave a kiss at the frat house as their dare. And Blake's like, okay, well, I'll take it. And <laughs> then Blake and Jennifer engage in a pretty steamy kiss. What did you guys think of Blake? Um, he's hot. I think he's hot, too. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be so many memes about him right now, and like Entertainment Tonight would be making him say he's a naughty little cum daddy on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Corden would have him have him reading thirst tweets, and it would just be embarrassing <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> uh, so this distraction works, and the girls get out of the house with their pilfered goods. Yeah, that was a really smart move. Yeah. <laughs> so she's thinking on her toes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, actually, the dare was that you and I, we have to kiss. Yeah. I'm like, rules are rules. <laughs> well, I love like if you look on her face because the other girls tell her what to say. And then she realizes too late that what she has to do, because she definitely doesn't want to do it. It's like, like the timing with that was pretty good for Yeah. In a moment, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my god, just you have this opportunity, this kid was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back at her dorm, Jennifer is changing in her room while the unseen lurker advances on her door. Sensing she's not alone, Jennifer opens the door to check and is met by her classmate Martin, who returns a book she dropped outside. 
He forces himself into her room so he can talk to her alone. He gives like a big taxi driver trying to go on a date. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. gives, where's my hug? <laughs> That's funny because she. I thought she looked like Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when she refuses his advances, he leaves in a huff but still doesn't think she should go to, to goat night. Tells her that a dead pledge is buried in the backyard in an abandoned frat house. Um, then he asks her for Vivia's number. He's like, I'll go with my number two. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. He's like, you know there's a dead body in that backyard, right? Yeah. Which is also weird. Like, there's got to be zoning laws against that. <laughs> yeah. Who, like, wouldn't the parents be like, we're not going to let our son just yes. be buried on campus? No, yes. they're like, he loved the school. Yeah. He. <laughs> 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 that night the women arrived at the Pratt house for their hazing ceremony first they're blindfolded and forced to swallow a goat's eye without chewing I know this game next <laughs> they have to put their hands in a bowl of witch's brains right <laughs> during the hazing which includes the women being forced to hold raw eggs in their mouths um, Jennifer spits out the least amount of eggs and we finally get that paddling uh, no points for swallowing the most amount of raw <laughs> eggs I guess <laughs> Suddenly, the lights begin to flicker, and the group is terrified when glasses begin to fly off the table all by themselves. The paranormal activity increases with banging noises and shuttering doors. The girls all clutch each other, screaming. Vivia goes downstairs to investigate the noises, and when the women follow, they find her bound to a guillotine. She begs them not to come closer, saying the killer is close by. But the blade drops, and the group watches as she's beheaded, more screaming. <laughs> Vivia suddenly emerges from the shadows and picks up the severed head, revealing the entire scenario to be an elaborate prank using a dummy. Man, uh, I don't know. What I her... want to know the logistics yeah. of getting a guillotine in the middle of a staircase. <laughs> because the head rolls the rest of the way down the stairs. So like, how does she set this up? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of questions. I don't know what her major is. I'm guessing science yeah. or something. But she should drop out and enroll in Tom Savini's special makeup (laughs) program because she's good. (laughs) Top of the class. (laughs) Hazing headmistress Veronica says she's in big trouble, but no paddle. Man, it's kind of confusing how you get a spanking around here. (laughs) One thing about this movie is it really reminds you of how much fun it is to scream with your friends. (laughs) Yeah. Like there everybody's literally just clutching each other and screaming so much and like yeah. when you were a kid once you were on a roll screaming like there's no stopping you. So fun. <laughs> yeah, this scene is really fun. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. <clears throat> the following morning, Martin gives the women a ride to the sorority to receive news of their acceptances or rejections. They're just like, "All right, now we like Martin." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All three are selected, though Vivia learns that her prank was the only reason for her acceptance. I mean, her crazy earrings weren't a factor at all. She's wearing Baja Blast cups. <laughs> I saw that. And then uh, I think the day before she was wearing like these giant uh, paper clips. Yes, I love <laughs> yeah, that. And yeah. approximately around this time, well, yeah. Um, and later in, in the early 90s, there was this crazy earrings catalog that we used to get. And, like, if I got good grades or whatever, I could pick a pair of crazy earrings. And I always picked the fucking craziest <laughs> earrings. And I'd wear them to school, and people would be like, those earrings are crazy, too crazy. And I would be like, you just don't understand my vision. 
So I really identified with these Baja Blast earrings. I, <laughs> I definitely would have gone with those. The paper clips, give them to me now. I love them. <laughs> yeah, kind of like uh, Carla from Cheers. She always had her cool earrings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Veronica demands Vivia recreate the prank during an upcoming April Fool's masquerade at the abandoned Pratt House. At a committee meeting for the university's Greek society, Professor Zito recalls the hazing ritual 22 years ago that resulted in Alan's death by a guillotine. The guillotine that's now missing from storage. Why do they have it in storage? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) The student leaders and faculty settle in to watch their yearly informational movie on the dangers of hazing and are instead met with footage from the hot tub prank. Professor Zito and Veronica are pissed, but everyone else fucking loves it. (laughs) (laughs) The lady that's stepping down, Professor Zito's taking over. She is laughing like this is the funniest thing she's ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) That afternoon, Jennifer, Phoebe, and Vivia set up the guillotine prank in Pratt House, and Jennifer tells them she did research showing that Alan was involved in the occult and had conjured evil. She also cites news articles about people going missing in the house, never to be found. Uh, She says she found it in some microfilm, and you can't argue with microfilm. (laughs) We don't lose someone this time, but we do gain Blake. He's hiding in his creature from the Black Lagoon mask again. Supposedly, he's there to try to get the lights in the house working for the party. From the basement, he yells up at Jennifer, asking her to bring him his flashlight. When she searches for him in the darkened space, she hears her name being called. Blake says it wasn't him, so she just moves on and goes with him in another room. They go right past a corpse sitting in the basement. Um, Is this the missing person from the microfilm? (laughs) Has to be, right? This was their last known location, and they were never found. (laughs) Defund the campus police. The The what? The house mother who got killed before. She decomposed okay. that fast, right? That was well, like okay, a- so okay, so just a comment on this scene. So this is what's really weird because obviously no one but me is going to notice this. So this scene, so okay, so if you go back to the, the Greek society meeting, mm-hmm. the meeting happens right after the Hayes Night. So uh-huh. the Hayes Night typically is in October. Yes. But when you see the the meeting of the society, if you look, so you can only notice this on the DVD because the VHS tape is so quality so bad. But like out the windows, there's like a foot of snow on all the rooftops in there. So this scene, that scene takes place weirdly sometime between October and April because the very next scene is April, like is the end of March because they're setting up for this um, this April Fool's party. It's so weird because like the first half of the movie is this build up to Goat's Night. Mm-hmm. But then they have like this meeting about the dangers of hazing after they've already had their hazing. So yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But like there was, nothing happens in this story Somewhere between October no. and the end of March. They just happen to have like this meeting in the middle. Like <laughs> there's no character building at all. It just cuts to like And like why so couldn't if, you do it before? Like Yeah. It doesn't but make I mean, sense. Like, if it wouldn't it make more sense if that party was just Halloween because <laughs> yeah. it would follow up on whatever's happening. They're like the wings. <laughs> yeah, the timeline is funny. Mm-hmm. Because we were we were talking about this like right before we started recording. We were like, nothing happened at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just go straight there. And the movie does not give you any indication at all that time has passed. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So 
We still don't know who the corpse is, right? Well, I guess if it is April, then it could be the lady. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, I think it's the house mother doing it. Because if you, okay, I can't, obviously I can't prove this now because I'm not watching it. But I think there are the nails in the mouth of the corpse. Oh, okay. But I'm saying that now, hoping I'm right. We're just going to say it is. It's canon now. <laughs> <laughs> So later, Vivian Martin make out in his convertible. So that means they've been going strong for a little while then. Mm -hmm. uh, he tells her she tastes so sensual. And she replies, I gargle with musk. <laughs> <laughs> Vivia clearly wants to go further, but Martin is distracted by Jennifer's lit up window. Vivia pulls his attention back by giving him a riddle. <laughs> That's what men love. <laughs> they love to be mentally challenged in these moments. <laughs> Martin, do you know what the largest room in the world is? The room for improvement. <laughs> and then she like jumps on him some more. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I love it. Fucking love riddles. I was never going to figure that one out. She says, Martin, a father and son are in a car accident. <laughs> and when they get to the hospital, the doctor says, I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. How? How is that possible? And then Martin is like so hard. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I love riddles. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Professor Zito goes to inspect the Pratt house and is electrocuted by an assailant in the basement who also does not seem unknown to him. Yeah. He's all, good heavens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and then we're like, go straight to the party. So that's this is the part where it's like, it's hard to tell how much time has passed. But it's the night of the big April Fool's Day masquerade. And the girls alternate between doing chores and partying. Why do we always go masquerade? <laughs> There's another thing we were talking about. Like, all these kinds of movies, they're like, you know what? Costume party. Yeah. Terror yeah. train, New Year's, costume party. Yeah. Like, making people hunt down off-season <laughs> costumes is cruel. <laughs> well, I love it. They did that. But then if you look at the poster ride for the movie, it's like... Uh, they're at like the the people on the cover are at like a homecoming dance. Yeah. And there's no formal dance in this movie, so I don't <laughs> yeah, understand. Yeah, really that's true. <laughs> yeah. Also, now they treat Martin like he's their best friend slash community boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not clear how much time has passed, but they really cleaned the old house up, so <laughs> must have been some time. And the party looks pretty fun. It's a costume party with a vague under the sea theme. I guess. I thought everybody had like a different assignment <laughs> of what they were supposed yeah. to be. Well, so many streamers. Like some though. of the decorations were under the sea, but then some of them were not. Yeah. So it's kind of like whatever we have, we'll, we'll put it up. <laughs> you know, like traditionally for April Fools, it's like <laughs> nets, anchors, yeah. you know. I don't know what I was thinking. Yes, this is all <laughs> traditional April Fool's decor. <laughs> so Vivia, she's wearing like a little Harlequin costume, mm -hmm. I guess. Also C-related. <laughs> Phoebe's a dancer. Jennifer's a bunny. Mm -hmm. Martin is supposedly Madame Bovary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Madame Bovary's famous balloon tits. <laughs> uh, while Phoebe is in the kitchen making out with mean Veronica's boyfriend or love interest. Uh, Vivia... Did you guys recognize that actor? Oh, no. Okay, so he... Do you guys remember the facts of life? Uh -huh. Yes. Okay, so he was one of Blair's boyfriends. He was the one who she um, 
discovers is like he's a med student but he's like a stripper to make money to be a med student. <laughs> oh my god so yeah and i remember that i'm like holy crap i'm like because you see him obviously in like speedos in that episode of facts like and blair is so offended when it happens oh <laughs> well she's a bit uptight yeah <laughs> one thing about blair <laughs> he's cute yeah. yeah, he's like Ken doll cute. He l- reminds me of I can't think of the actor's name right now, but on um, Married with Children, the na- their neighbors, uh-huh. like yeah. Marcy's husband or whatever. The that's... second, the second actor they got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is cute in like a, a puffer vest, eighties feathery hair guy. Yeah, like kind of way. <laughs> so. Yeah, Phoebe's in the kitchen with him. Vivia is in the basement double-checking on her prank. And Jennifer is upstairs in a sex room with Blake. <laughs> I love that in this abandoned house, they clearly went through the immense amount of trouble to haul sand up there <laughs> to make a fucking tropical paradise with candles and, like, a comfy floor bed. Yeah. The bed you. has, like, a fitted sheet and top sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where you take the ladies to impress them. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it did impress me, so... <laughs> Jennifer asks Blake if he'll love her forever if she does it with him and he says I'll love you as long as I can it's gonna be about four or five minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're interrupted by their required attendance at Veronica's toast downstairs this is where Vivia's prank is finally executed mm, executed <laughs> <laughs> I really I want to know how alright we'll go ahead and tell it and then I just want to know how it even works <laughs> So during the speeches, the house explodes into chaos again when random decorations start falling off the walls and a voice calls out for Jennifer again. And suddenly she's dragged into the basement by a hidden cord while the partygoers watch in horror. <laughs> Blake says, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Blake. He's done loving her. He, well, he never had to start because yeah. they didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> In the basement, Jennifer and Vivia laugh and quickly prepare Vivia's guillotine stunt. When Jennifer asks about the voice, Vivia says she didn't do any voice. Can you really trust such a prankster? Not in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) While Vivia's back is turned, Jennifer is overcome and possessed by a spirit. Is this supposed to be funny on purpose? It has to be because every time she gets possessed, she's like, (laughs) 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 like her eyes cross. I so, so what I read was it wasn't written to be that funny, but the director chose to make it more comical. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The logistics of how they make this prank happen are, <laughs> I just imagine like a lot of fishing wire, like so much fishing yeah. line. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Jennifer, like, she got wrecked so hard down those yeah. stairs. <laughs> she does say something like, maybe a crash pad next time yeah. or something. And Vivi is like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Vivian doesn't do the stunts, so she's not concerned. <laughs> So upstairs, Harrison and Blake, they're really getting into it about whether they should go down and help Jennifer. (laughs) Uh, When Blake pulls out a large knife from behind his back and repeatedly stabs Harrison. (gasps) The partygoers are in shambles again, but it's just another April Fool's prank. While everybody is talking about how fucking funny it was, Jennifer returns from the basement in silence. Probably mad nobody came for her. (laughs) And I we're, like, like, I love how the guys didn't care at all. Yeah. She felt <laughs> they uh, were like, well, that worked itself out. <laughs> <laughs> she worriedly tells Blake she needs to leave. Vivia follows, aborting the guillotine stunt. Blake is subsequently lured into the bathroom. 
As the party filters out, Pam, a sorority sister, is killed with a trident by someone dressed in a full old-timey diving suit. The same assailant beats Veronica to death with a hammer before using the guillotine to kill Harrison. Numerous partygoers are dispatched in swift succession by the diver, including two more of our comic relief characters who are so not funny that we haven't even talked about them yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're dressed as bees. Yeah. I, I was like, is this a Saturday Night Live reference because of like the killer bee sketch? You know, yeah. it's approximately well, the same era. Oh, they're referencing their they're best referencing prank. They're referencing their own joke. Yeah, their prank, yeah. God. So Vivia discovers the dismembered body of Virgil, the guy that was the delivery guy, and I guess he reused that costume for this party. <laughs> Um, and he's in the refrigerator all cut up. Yep. So we go through these really fast, but the movie goes through them really fast. Yeah. Like, we're not leaving really anything out. <laughs> uh, Vivia flees upstairs to retrieve Phoebe, and the two find Blake's drowned corpse in the bathtub. R.I.P. Blake, we never even got a good look at you with your shirt off. <sighs> what a shame. I know. <laughs> While running around the house trying to figure out what's going on, they are confronted by Jennifer, who tells them that everyone is dead. He killed them. Then she reveals herself to be possessed by Alan, the murdered frat pledge, when she grabs a trident and says, All righty. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer slash Alan says, I've been waiting 20 years for this. April fool, assholes. <laughs> Man, the first time I watched this, I was not expecting this, I, like, to end this way. <laughs> I know. It's so out of nowhere. And the thing I love about it is, like, the timing is so great because all the doors close and then they zoom in on her. And it's, like, this complete, like, oh, shit, here we go moment. Because, like, finally, like, something's going to happen that's, like, out of control. And what we get is also, it's like watching the beginning of the movie. It's completely out of the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Possessed, Jennifer throws the trident at them, then begins to pull the inside of the house down with pure psychic power, causing the stairs to collapse as Phoebe and Vivia climb them. And this is where the movie takes a hard turn into Raimi town. <laughs> uh, Jennifer begins climbing walls and swinging from chandeliers, while panting, growling, and waggling her enormous tongue. Vivian knocks her back to the ground with, <laughs> with a stick, and they attempt to find an escape from upstairs, while Jennifer screams at them in a devil voice that she's okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm all right now. I'm not possessed anymore. <laughs> Phoebe and Vivia find an upstairs window, but Jennifer beat them to the roof because she's not, she is possessed still yeah. <laughs> and throws Vivia to the ground, breaking her legs before taking a flying <laughs> leap after her. Yeah, the actress playing Jennifer is really giving it her all, but it is still more funny than scary. <laughs> I, I wonder if like this performance is why she got 30 more years out of the bold and the beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe makes her way down the wall without without the power of satanic forces and begins beating Jennifer with another stick, her one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer begs Phoebe to kill her, and Phoebe impales her through the chest. They try nothing else. 
They don't say a little prayer. (laughs) They don't try to do anything else. They Mm -hmm. were like, we have to kill our friends. That's all there is. (laughs) No, but I love how she, like, she's obviously going for Vivia and it turns on um, Phoebe. And Phoebe's just like, Vivia, help me. Like, Vivia clearly can't get off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe consoles Vivia, but it is soon apparent that she too has been overtaken by Alan's spirit. Through Phoebe, Alan tells Vivia it was her fault for doing all that haunting stuff and making him mad. Alan says, you raised a demon. Then the police come, and they're like, you poor dears. (laughs) And they bundle them up and whisk the two women away together in an ambulance. Vivia pleads not to be left alone with the possessed Phoebe, who smiles maliciously at her. The ambulance doors close. And that drives away into the night while Vivia screams. The end. <laughs> yeah. That's right. What rough. did you guys think of that ending song, which is also played at least two other times in the movie? Oh, yeah. We liked it. Is it the, these are the best days best, yeah. of <laughs> our lives. These, these are, are the best days. days. <laughs> these are the best times. I really, I was, when they were, so uh, the guy who did the soundtrack, they released it on CD like a few years ago and I really wanted that song to be on there but it wasn't it is a good song I do like that song we've been singing it since before we got here we like to harmonize right (laughs) (laughs) these are the best times yeah it's like bananarama-y all right so overall thoughts overall thoughts now I'm just a simple rural podcaster (laughs) <laughs> so maybe this is a dumb question. But did we really find out who the killer was? It was Jennifer the whole time? That's... She was in the diving suit? It was a ghost? Please help. I Yeah, I was like, I guess it's Jennifer. But then I was like, I never went back and like thought, was she in any of those scenes? But I guess not. Because they all happen kind of at once. So, so Jennifer has like, been fully possessed since the fall? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So like, I've been trying to rationalize exactly what the hell happened. But what I think was happening is that the spirit was just possessing people because you only see you only see a live action person like maybe twice because you we, they were showing martin steve before but you see like when the teacher goes in there they're on the Paul Bartel and he goes in there yeah you see for the first time there's somebody on the stairs which is mm-hmm. it can't be jennifer i'm like it looks like a guy's leg yeah it's different but different it is shoes. the 80s so i guess it could mm-hmm. be, but, mm-hmm. um but i think i i'm just guessing because i don't really know what they're thinking but i think like at the end she just happened to get possessed because Every, everybody else in the party was distracted and not caring what was happening, but she was like worded out for like the entire movie. So maybe it was easy for her to get possessed. I don't even know if that's logical. <laughs> but um, they never, not until she actually gets to the house, that they show any indication that she might be possessed. But it could have happened earlier in the film. But then, like, what happened to her like all winter? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Alan had Christmas. Alan was laying in wait for this party, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, the know. other weird thing, too, is like, Every time someone goes to the house by themselves, they get killed. Like the house mother went there, got killed. And then mm-hmm. um, Paul Vartel goes there and gets killed. But we know, even though they don't show it, that Vivi has been in the house twice by herself to set up these pranks, but then nothing happens to her. So how does she like not get possessed? Either of those two times, like the process to happen. So like, this doesn't really make any sense. Jennifer had class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the house mother was going to move. So maybe they're like, well, I guess she moved. But then what about the teacher? Like they didn't say anything right about yeah. him being missing. Yeah, and, and we nobody do see smelled his either of their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, well, it's known that there's dead bodies on the property. So 
Yeah, yeah, when they were cleaning, like they really fixed that place up, but they didn't find the bodies. No. Yeah, but like, wait, like when Pam gets killed and they show him like this, the C Deborah outfit, she goes in the closet to get her coat, and Paul Bartel's like dead in the closet. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, they were using this closet for all the guests to hang their coats, and they were like, <laughs> no one saw. There was no waft of odor when they opened the nope. door. <laughs> nope, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little little confused about where we came from. Mm-hmm. Not so much about where we ended up. Alan tells us everything we need to know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's Vivia's fault. I mean, she should have been killed when she came back to set up. But, yeah. Confusing. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. And we no, did lose like some stuff in editing, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I read that the... Like they had to cut a lot of the gore mm-hmm. because they wanted to, you know, get a better lower rating or whatever. Is it rated R? Has to be. I don't know, but I guess they were forced to cut some stuff, and that's the part that I wish there was more of, like the actual slasher elements before mm-hmm. it turns supernatural. It's like uh, we're having all these kills, but we are not seeing much. Yeah. But I, overall, I really like it. Um, I like the three main characters a lot, mm-hmm. and I like how they focus on all of them. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Um, of course, the opening, iconic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, double twists got me, and I was still not prepared for the twist that Jennifer was going to turn into an evil dead demon. <laughs> yeah. They said, gotcha again. <laughs> I feel like this movie is the spiritual sister to Cheerleader Camp. Mm, interesting. It was. I was just really getting Cheerleader Camp, like, Right, it's the more vanilla version because Cheerleader Camp is like, yeah, that main girl is so oversexed, but like she's just so it just bothered her so much that she goes crazy. But like in this one, like everyone's kind of like, except for Vivian, like Vivian is like ready to get it. Yeah, but everyone else can like preserve. Yeah, it's just like the vibes, I guess. Like, yeah, it's like the silliness of it, like just reminded me of Cheerleader Camp a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the jokesters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Now, this movie does not have somebody trying to eat a turkey sandwich through the nose hole of a mascot suit. <laughs> and it, it could have had that. That would have been okay. <laughs> um, the Greek system is confusing to me. Yeah. I don't get it. It's Did- like all just like homoeroticism and <laughs> administrative duties. <laughs> it, is that realistic that they would only have three new pledges for a year? How exclusive are these fraternities? Yeah, like, do they only have three empty rooms that they had? Like, <laughs> do you get your own room? Probably. Yeah, well, they never... Sh- so, you never see the inside Jennifer's room. They just like go on. So, it's implied that she's in there. But then, maybe there was... Sh- I don't know. They, they could have been sharing. Because the only time you see a room is when Jennifer, before the hazing, when she has her dorm room. But then mm-hmm. later, you never see like any of the bedrooms at the sorority house. Oh, I guess that the one when the, when Martin like forces his way in. Yeah, I guess that was before they moved into mm-hmm. the sorority. Yeah, that was a dorm room. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't go to college like very that. very nice dorm. <laughs> I know. It may because there's even like a fireplace in there if you look really yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> <That'd> be a huge <laughs> get, like a single room with a fireplace. Yeah. yeah. No wonder they're pledging. <laughs> Yeah, just for the room I don't know because that that college is um, the University of Toronto, which mm-hmm. the first time they show it is the same scene from um, Black Christmas, like the outside that archway scene. 
So I don't know if their dorms are that nice there, but the campus looks amazing. So it's possible. I bet they are. Unless they just like repurpose the room. I bet they're that nice and it's free. You get to just go to college and live in that room and they're like, (laughs) fireplace or no fireplace. (laughs) So this was my first time seeing this one. I like it. I was entertained. Mm -hmm. Keeps things moving. There are a lot of surprises. Um, we did suffer from the editing situation and it does suffer there from a horror perspective, but it's firmly a horror comedy. So there are other elements that at play that like kind of fill that void. Yeah. Um, the music is fun and I also really like the girls. They're really fun to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So we know this didn't make a lot of money, but what did the critics think? (laughs) Well, Lenny, no answer. (laughs) <laughs> Got nothing there from Malton. Uh, Video Hounds gives it a woof. Mm, they say that Paul Bartel is the only significant element, which I don't think is true. No. That's harsh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Joe Bob says death toll narrowly saves killer party. Um, he was like, it's all right. That's kind of where he ended up on it. He said, gave it two stars. Joe Bob says, check it out. <laughs> and then uh, we have this book that we kind of turn to. Sometimes it's called Bleeding Skull. And they are all in for White Sister. <laughs> <laughs> Four stars for White Sister. <laughs> yes. They say that's the name of the band that will kick your ass all over town during the opening scenes of this movie. It's all here. Red spandex, greasy mullets, and guitar solos played on guitars without strings. <laughs> the guy on the keys has high kicks that would make Bob Pollard blush. If I press stop after the first five minutes of this movie, it would be difficult to find a better five minutes anywhere in the world. <laughs> Unfortunately, 85 minutes of Killer Party remained. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, After White Sister blows shit up, Killer Party isn't very exciting. There's over an hour of sorority hazing and red herring tedium. Mm -mm. They say it's a mundane mid-80s slasher with a listless plot. Hmm. Minimal nudity. They ding it for that. Uh, We can't argue there. (laughs) So they say, if nothing else, check it out uh, for White Sister that they could probably use the royalties. (laughs) That's all we have from the critics. All right. So I guess we'll give it our ratings. We usually rate out of 10. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Not me. I don't either because I'm like be- torn between two ratings. I'll go first. <laughs> you might be surprised by my rating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So honestly, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> so, okay. So... This movie is obviously it's like a horror comedy and like a lot of people hate horror comedies. I don't know. I love them because it's to me, like the, the dialogue for the entire movie is so funny. So it's always entertaining for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing's predictable at all. Like you have no idea where it's going until you get to the climax. And then suddenly it's a go from there because it's like by the numbers, like kills. But the thing that kind of like kills the movie at the end, especially when I show this like in a group setting is like, as soon as the reveal happens, like everything after that, it just really sucks all the energy out of what was set up like prior to that in the movie. Mm-hmm. So like towards the end, like every time the movie ends, I'm just like, why is it like it's so fun to watch this? And then we get to the end and then I'm like, 
exhausted, which is so weird because I've seen this movie so many times. <laughs> no, I see that because the first time that I did watch it at the end, I kind of caught myself doing that thing where you like zone out a little bit and you're halfway in between yeah. like asleep and awake. And then I was like, I'm watching still, but like, what? where, where are we going? But also, I feel like if you took that part by itself, it's okay. It's fun mm-hmm. because Jennifer really is going for it. Like, oh yeah, she is acting, okay, and like it. It is pretty fun to watch this mayhem, but it is so disconnected from what came before. Yeah, like I don't know. We don't really get any indication. And also, what do we know about Alan? <laughs> yeah, it's we like, never well, even learned what the though. prank was, right? Yeah, no, there's like it, it I thought it involved the guillotine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh but... yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I don't know, but that's the thing. It's like, did they only throw this in there as like one last April Fool's joke that doesn't work? Because it's like the whole movie. It kind of leads you to believe that there is no supernatural edible. Like mm-hmm. this guy died in this prank, so you're the kind. It's kind of like if you've seen any horror movies prior to that, you're probably like, well, someone's probably coming back to get revenge. Mm-hmm. His death, or like any other, like Friday Thirteenth, you know, like the mother came back to give revenge and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. then, just like a sudden reveal, where like it is actually like the supernatural, like the spirit is like doing all these murders. So it's kind of like out of nowhere. But I'm like, how does this? Like, it doesn't really. It's not funny that it happened, but it's funny the way it's playing out. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's how April Fool's pranks work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not funny that it happened, but it's funny how it's playing out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to, to put a little bow on the end of this movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, I actually was going to rate this a 6.5 as well. And then I'm like, well, that seems low because I do like this movie, but it it does have its problems. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with the same um, 6.5. My thought was 6. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to be the low person, <laughs> but I guess we're a 666 and <laughs> Alan's going to get mad at us <laughs> for doing all some devil stuff. 6.5, but like absolutely watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. But I feel like as long as you you've know been it's spoilered like now. Yeah. <laughs> spoilered on every twist. Yeah. Watch it with somebody else so you can just like look at them yeah. while they react. <laughs> And watch it to hear, these are the best times yeah. of our lives. These, these are, are the, the best, best times. times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cora, what's our next movie? Okay, so we don't have another holiday coming up, so we decided <laughs> to, to consult the We rant. are a holiday-themed <laughs> podcast, first and foremost. <laughs> well, maybe... I. I was just thinking the other day, maybe that's like why I like slashers so much because I love holidays and there's you do you are festive <laughs> and there's so many slashers that like you can watch on a holiday. Or do you like April Fools? Uh, it's fine. There's not a decoration that <laughs> it's goes not with a it. major. Holiday. Well, there is a decoration that goes with it. It's nets <laughs> and it's captain's hats. Yeah, it's <laughs> little portholes. <laughs> I don't like being tricked at all. I don't like that. I like tricking. Yeah. But I don't like to be tricked. So this holiday is too risky for you, maybe? Well, I feel like it's like the favorite holiday, like the chosen holiday of asshole dads. 
Like, <laughs> they love it. Yeah. I know that my asshole dad loved it. Um, and so I probably carry a lot of trauma <laughs> from <laughs> from that. And that's why I don't like it. But if I could ever think of a good prank, I would love to pull one off. <laughs> well, maybe you'll be inspired by this movie. <laughs> one time we were driving and some birds were crossing the road. And you know how sometimes you're like, get out of the way. And they just keep coming. And mm-hmm. you don't hit them magically. <laughs> one time we were driving along and I told Jason that he did hit one and we got out of the car and he was so upset. He thought for sure he hit this bird <laughs> and he was really upset and it, he was like, I don't want to go around the front and look. I was like, you have to go. It's stuck in the grill. <laughs> and he was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I, what do I do? We were like coming back from a wedding or something. And I was like, you have to, Jason. And I was like laughing so hard, but I was covering my face like full, <laughs> like my mouth with my hands. So like you couldn't see that I was laughing. And we got around to the front and he like finally stilled himself and there was no bird. And I laughed so fucking hard. I used to prank Jason a lot when we were first dating. <laughs> but now I can't anymore. I lost my ability for it. I laugh now every time. Oh. I used to be a really good liar. And I just, I don't have it in me anymore. <sighs> I've aged out. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done like a really good prank. Hmm. Something to work on. <laughs> <laughs> something to work on just don't do it to me okay okay <laughs> all right so i'm gonna do the random number generator <laughs> number 483 on our list is a movie called terror at london bridge is it falling down are we uh, all stuck under it or on top of it it looks like it has to do with jack the ripper Oh, and it's a TV movie from 1985, not rated. So it's going to be full of nudity. <laughs> uh, starring David Hasselhoff. Okay. Stephanie Kramer, Randolph Mantooth, Adrian Barbeau. Randolph Mantooth. Ooh, Clue Gallagher is in this. So some good people. Okay, this is 1985 Tom Pop Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Hasselhoff, 85, Beefcake of Horror. Uh, I'm going to have to watch the movie and see. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been on a kick of made for TV movies, so I'm looking forward to it. Actually. <laughs> and it is on YouTube, so everyone watch it. And I think they might have an alternate title. Oh, yeah. Bridge Across Time. Oh. That makes it sound romantic. Yeah, not a horror yeah. movie. Well, it says the genres listed are crime, fantasy, horror, and thriller. So, okay. This will be interesting. Never heard of this movie. I feel like a lot of yeah. horror has crime just by default. <laughs> yeah. There's murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of it either. Interesting. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, the guy who wrote this movie also wrote Burnt Offerings, the oh. screenplay. So, okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And we didn't have elves. Elves, we had to go to YouTube for that, too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do what we got to do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Any any last words, um, Tom, <laughs> that you just have to say about Killer no, Party or we... anything else? The most amount of killer party talking that nobody probably wanted to hear. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear it. <laughs> oh, me and Tom also share a hatred for um, very posed Halloween vibes scenes that people take pictures. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. 
What do you mean? You know, it's like where someone has like their hot cocoa and like enough snacks for like 50 people or they're like in their bath, but they have so much stuff around them Mm -hmm. and they're watching Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. You know, those were very staged photos. Give me a break. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) So just something to not do. Don't do this. Well, look forward to how many months do we got before it starts up in like September? (laughs) I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking a couple days ago, like, summer is really coming. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it goes so fast. And then you yeah. know what? It's fall. <laughs> so it's right around the corner. Yeah. Those photos and are if coming. We go, if we go by the timeline that this movie sets out, I mean, we should be <laughs> at six months from now yeah. within just a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be best friends with Martin by then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this episode counts as it counts as the Greek Letter Society meeting and press <laughs> <laughs> Um, where where do you have like a, a beefcake scale? Like who's the beefiest beefcake? In this movie? No. Oh, I think we should ask that too. <laughs> well, we're going we're going to <laughs> Okay, okay. I wanna know, I mean, obviously I think we're all in agreement that Blake is our beefcake. Yeah. Um, Harrison, he's also cute. Martin, he stinks. <laughs> he looks yeah. like De Niro from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm on record as Bobby De Niro, very hot. <laughs> but this guy, not so much. So yeah. It's also his behavior. It is his behavior, <laughs> his general personality. Uh-huh. So, like, where does Blake fall on a scale of, like, who is who is the hottest horror guy? Well, I rank like right up there, but like most people don't know who this is because most people have seen this movie, so they wouldn't. They're not going to count him. But if they were to yeah. see him, <laughs> oh yeah, because I think he is very um, contemporary hot too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we got to go back to that scene where he's hooking up. We'll try and hook up with Jennifer and see if he has a shirt off in that scene. I'm pretty I think sure where there is a hard chest. There. <laughs> but he was being modest. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were like covered with blankets. Yeah. I know because yeah. it was it was cozy, <laughs> and there was it's so a, much bedding. <laughs> it's a leopard print bedspread that Phoebe was yes. so excited about. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it looked great. <laughs> I was we're a little worried about the candles. Though well, yes, yeah. I was. There was too many streamers, too <laughs> many, many too many cobwebs in that house to have that mm-hmm. many open open flames. Like you just got to be smart. They can't all get out of there in time if that thing goes up. <laughs> Yeah, and then you got a possessed girl in the mix. I know. And then they're going to have to bury so many bodies in the backyard of that house. <laughs> just change, just convert it to a funeral. I mean, to a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, like the one from the church. Yeah. <laughs> just throw a church on top of it <laughs> and call it good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tom, would you like to plug your Instagram or anything else that you have? Not really. I just have that one account. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I started doing other stuff with the account, like reviewing stuff, or like, nobody likes it. <laughs> no, I love it. That's why I asked you. Uh, <laughs> I, that's why I asked you. You did like the Halloween one last year, and I was yeah, like, it. oh, like, number four is your favorite. I was like, we're going to cover that one um, next year. You should come on and talk about that. So that's why I was like, oh, this guy has a lot of like good opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four is like my favorite, but the thing is, like, I do these retrospectives, and then like the scream one, like a lot of people on file when they got to that review at the end, like well, they just <laughs> they did like they the same thing with like it. the last Halloween movie, they didn't like that. Either. 
Oh, um, just because you, I mean, it's your opinion. <laughs> they have their opinion. <laughs> I know, but people, like, people are so obsessed with this. <laughs> um, where did Corey fall from the last Halloween? Was he beefcake? Yeah, well, so I'm probably going to feature him, but on purpose, I'm waiting a while to let this, just not to give them what To let the want. heat die down. <laughs> <laughs> no, because everyone keeps asking for the guy from Hellraiser 3, and uh-huh. I just, I, I just keep, I can't find it, it's not streaming for free anywhere, and I'm like, I don't, really don't want to pay to just to get some screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're always um, like, nobody's paying us for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Put yes. enough money into it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's both fun. I don't know if you guys get random messages from people, but sometimes they'll message me and be like, um, I didn't like this guy today. Like, stop. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, what do you like want me to do? I'm not being paid. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Take it up with his parents, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That is such a funny thing to comment about. (laughs) I don't know. People in the DMs, they've got some weird opinions and entitlements for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. So Beefcakes of Horror. Is that how it's spelled out on Instagram? Yeah, just like that. Yeah. All right. Check it out. Sarah and Corey say, check it out. (laughs) Yeah. I like it, too. I like to see what's... uh, Who's hot? Who's hot and who's not? <laughs> if you have recommendations, definitely let me know because sometimes they like run out of stuff to watch, and I'm like, "Who am I going to cover now? I got to dig really deep for some extra." Mm. Like, <laughs> All right, we'll keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this London Bridge one is free on YouTube, so <laughs> you like a blurry YouTube clip. Okay, you can tell it's Asshole Hot, but you can't really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next movie, what's it called? Terror on the London Bridge. (laughs) Yeah, Terror at London Bridge. Terror at London Bridge. All right, Beefcakes of Horror. Check that out. And as always, donate to the Bakersfield Burrito Project to help feed our hungry and unhoused neighbors here in Bakersfield on Cash App and Venmo, Bako Burrito Project. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or rate us on Spotify or wherever you can rate us. Yeah. Also, call us if you have something that you need to say to us. <laughs> Be nice, please. Tell us who your beefcake of horror is. Yeah. Uh, 661-454-7499. And we're on Twitter at Chainsaw Podcast and on Instagram at Gag Me With A Chainsaw. All right. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love your. Uh, but yeah, I guess for my final note, I should let you guys know, like being on Instagram and get so many podcasts, you know, to listen to. I'm like, I can't get through most of them, but I've yeah. stuck with you guys for two years, so oh. I'm glad I finally got to meet. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. Well, I no like problem. that this is like a back and forth <laughs> <laughs> that we all like what we're all putting out. <laughs> All right, everybody. April Fool's. April Fool's. (laughs) Corey. We have another episode. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) 
Corey, don't get me like that. <laughs> you got me because it's not April 1st. And then you said April Fool's and I got scared and concerned. <laughs> That's the way you do it. Stay safe out there. Watch out for them pranks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Gag Me With A Chainsaw with your hosts, Corey and Sarah. Music by White Bat Audio. Find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Podcast and on Instagram at Gag Me With A Chainsaw. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>